Good morning, Superflex City. We are back and we are dancing in the city. We've got the thirst for the worst. Shane Manila, how the hell are you? That's mean. Um, yeah, I, so. I've never quite understood it. Like the where? How did that start? Did you start that, or did that start somewhere else? I know, like it was back in the DFF days and right. those chats. But so yeah, you remember when? Uh, so when we were in the chats with uh, Beans back then, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't even remember Beans' handle. I'm sorry, but you know, if you know Beans, you know Beans. But every time someone new would join the chat or join the team, Beans would go. Shane is the worst. He gives out. Uh, uh, coughs, uh, cough drops for Halloween or Shane is the worst. You know what I mean? Like he gives out celery at a snack day, like just stupid, like non innocuous stuff like that, <laughs> innocuous stuff. Um, so then after, you know, I, I left the FF, I had to change my handle and I was like, well, this, this seems to suit me. I like Shane is the worst. Like that's kind of, it's kind of like, I like the moniker. It was kind of ironical. And uh, I just thought it was funny. And, uh, and I mean, it's true. You do give out celery for Halloween. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, kids need yeah. cough drops. So you got to yeah. give those out on Halloween. Lucky if they get some raisins and peanut butter at a, another house, they can make some ants in, on a log or something. I like I like giving them some pennies, um, too. You know what I mean? Just throw about seven pennies in there um because you know cash has always won it right yeah and it adds some weight to the bag yeah. makes them feel good about themselves while they're yeah. trick-or-treating seriously yeah. i, I like that boost their that. confidence exactly so everybody knows we're here to talk about some music and and which like I, I think i'd be crazy to add that um and i think anybody that knows you and is doing things in the the community industry whatever we prefer to call it knows that you're far from the worst and and honestly dude you've helped a lot of people and um you're just a kick-ass supportive dude so far from the worst um anyway 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 not here to stroke you i want to know about your music and and like that's another thing too is i see you all over twitter your musical taste is all over the place i can tell yeah just just from some of the stuff you'll say in the moment that you're listening to whatever it may be you picked Radiohead. Was that your number one choice? It was my number one choice. Yes. And did you pick the seven spot? I did. I did. Lucky number seven because um, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little bit. No, I'm not going to say it because it's stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, lucky number seven. Um, there's no 13, so I couldn't ask for that. So I went with seven. So so let's go to Radiohead because my Radiohead, like it's that. And I know that they hate that song now, but it's creep and that power chord and the, just that didn't. And and to me, that that was one of the most powerful, like power chord songs there was. But I, I had I had trouble staying with them. But that that, that <laughs> I feel bad even going there. But for you, like, was it just that band or that influence that you had or? Because you yeah, said I mean, best band in the world. I I seen you say it somewhere. Yeah, so it's like it, that. It's funny. I think a lot of Radiohead fans. Obviously, we like the song "Creep." Um, I don't know that it'd be our favorite song of Radiohead. Um, what's great about Radiohead is it's their music is so wide spanning that really any type of music you like, they've got a song in that genre, except rap, um, no rap, but, um, you know, like they have like, uh, idiotech, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but that's close to like EDM, even though that's out, that was out like 20 years ago. Um, they just have some powerful ballads. Um, 
Oh God! I always tell everyone my favorite song, their best song. Um, now I'm freezing up, and I don't know why. I think you're making me nervous. Under the um, pressure. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh my God! True Love Waits. Um, uh, that that's probably my favorite song from them. Um, and what I love about that is it's just it's kind of like it encompasses everything that's great about Radiohead. Like they were playing that song at. Uh, concerts for a decade before they put that on an actual studio album. Now it was on like, you know, a live recordings album. Um, so basically as long as you heard it at the concert or you heard it wherever else after that, you've heard it, but it wasn't actually on a studio album, um, which I always thought was cool. And then just like, mm. just, you know, they changed their sound from you know their first album to their second album to their third album could have all been different bands, even though it's uniquely them. But, you know, the, the music is so different between each one. Um, and they've sustained, like, they've been around geez, since I was a kid, I want to say. I'll say a kid. 97, maybe before that, in the 90s. And, you know, here we are 30 years later, um, 25 years later, whatever. And, you know, it, whenever they drop an album, it's that's one of the few albums I'm like, oh, I have to buy this immediately. Whereas most most musical acts now i'm like hey let me get a song you know like n not a lot of bands can make full albums that i think are even half decent anymore um but radiohead can and it's just from beginning to the end yeah man that's awesome that you have a, a band that stayed with you that long because now even even my favorite bands i feel like i'll go into let's just say siri and i'll type in the band or album that i'm looking for and i'm like oh no shit they had a new album last year like yeah. i didn't even know like let me check this out and it's exciting like it's new to me but i rarely know when something's actually coming out anymore i've gotten so far out of sync with just anything new well, in, like get, release dates you gotta get spotify man because spotify i'll tell you when new albums are coming out when people are coming to your town or anywhere around you or anyone that you've liked on there when they're when they're putting when they're going to have a concert and things like that see I've, I've got spotify of course but i i use more like i just kind of like the the apple stuff and then my son uses my spotify account pretty strongly but i mean i have the, the spotify account that you pay like 10 bucks a month for so maybe i'll just have to start to maybe he's just smarter than me already and using the spotify i um I uh, I don't pay for them. Screw that. I, uh, <laughs> I hate paying for anything, to be honest with you. But then you have all those commercials, and I feel like it has more control over what you're listening to. And it 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 does, but I'm okay with that because I'll listen to anything. Um, you know what I mean? There's not really a genre I don't like, um, other than I. I, I I can't really country. I don't really like, although I do like old school, like country, like Western and blues, um, but not this newer crap. That's uh, trash. Anyway. Um, but See, like, yeah, now like my son's going to think you are the worst. Cause I'm going to have a talk with him and be like, you know, it is 10 bucks a month and you can get most of this shit for free somewhere. I, look, you, you got, yeah. So look, I'm still old. I'm old. So I'll still go steal songs and download them to my phone. Um, so you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if I really like a song and I've done it all the time, like I'll be going, you know, I go for walks a lot and you'll see, like, I, I tweet out a song on Spotify. If it's the first time I heard it and I'm like, oh, I want that song. I'll just go steal it. Um, or, you know, if I'm feeling in a generous mood, I'll go on Amazon and actually buy the song um, so and pay the artist. Was, what was the first 
cassette tape that you offered that sticky finger, the five finger discount there in Philadelphia? Oh, man. Probably uh, only built for Cuban links. Volume one. Nice. It wasn't even volume one at that point. Um, yeah, it had the purple case. I remember uh, being so excited. I mean, all my friends were so excited when that was coming out. Yeah, me and my boys. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, went and got the cassette. Oh my goodness, cassette tapes. People don't even know. Um, geez, before that, I, I, I tell this story all the time. The first, I think the first. That was, uh, so that was Raekwon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or was that Ghostface? That was Raekwon. No, that was, that was Raekwon. Ghostface was all Master over that Shadow. album. Yeah. Ghostface yeah. was all they over that album. They were always together two, back Yeah, in those the day. two were yep. just. Yeah, like lyrically, those two were two of the greatest rappers of all time when they were together. The, nobody's brought up Wu Tang on any of these. I don't, I don't know why Wu Tang was absolutely astounding. Um, yeah. When you listen to the, their first album, um, what was their first? Enter the Wu Tang or Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah. Um, there was like ten songs on there that were like instant classics, like the Mystery yeah. Chess Boxing, um, Method Man, um, just. Just so many good songs. Bring the ruckus. I just like I could listen to that album over and over again, and I still do now. Like, and then you know, I like some rap now. Like, I won't. Front, I like rap now, but it was different then. Um, yeah. It was very different, and Wu Tang was even different compared to what was out back then too. Cause it was just crazy. It was like, wait, who are all these black dudes talking about like this karate slash mafia stuff? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was so vivid. Um, and so like cinematic and then, but then they had the songs that were like, so down the earth, like, can it be, um, you know, yeah. and, and that were like, Oh, that hits home. Like I get that yeah. tears, things Even like, you're cream, like, you know, yeah. cause they were talking about it's You want to think they're talking about just like money, but it's kind of talking about how like cash rules, everything around me. Yeah. And, and then, well, then it is saying cream, get the money, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. There's some depth to some of that though, and just like the background vocals, and I don't know, it was just so I don't know, it was so different. Like um, they they have to be one of the most unique, not just rappers, like musical acts that's ever existed. Like, and you know, they didn't play instruments, although um, the RZA played different things, and he was a producer. And just I guess maybe that's really what made them so unique was the RZA, the beats he would use, the, the, just the fact that they they dub in, the, uh, you know, get in all the uh, the Chinese movie, uh, karate movie stuff, yeah. like I said. And then, but it was this weird, like, fusion of, like, streets, like, projects, then karate stuff, and then mafia stuff. So it was, like, so, like I said, so cinematic, but then there was certain songs that it was, like, nah, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, I've been through that, you know, yeah. and then, of course... They had other songs that I had no idea, like, oh, you're a major drug dealer. Okay, well, I'll never know what that's like. No, I'm not. No, I'm not selling, you know, 18 pounds of Coke. Um, but I do have two bags of weed. I could sell someone. <laughs> no, you're right. Because I think Wu-Tang did have a way of, like, reaching into the inner streets, like you said, in different people's lives. And, like, I remember it being, like, heavy into, like, skate scenes and just, like, outside of Beastie Boys, like, you, I don't know early on like i didn't see a bunch of white dudes wearing like nwa shirts and stuff like that I, don't get me wrong i was listening mm -hmm. to it totally fine with it but then when wu-tang came around like i everybody was seemed into wu-tang 
See, I was always, <laughs> so I didn't grow up, um, I grew up in very racially diverse neighborhoods. And by racially diverse, I mean, like, I was the only white kid. Um, see, so, I didn't. I won't even yeah. lie. Like, my city, like, it was it was very uncultured. Very. Uh, no, like, <laughs> I used to joke about it all the time. But like, I, I didn't know my name was Shane until I got to, um, until I got to, to, to what do you call that kindergarten i thought my name was gringo um which is <laughs> my point in spanish um but yeah and one of the beautiful things about that was just opening up just being the, the diversity just the flat out diversity in everything really just everything with music food everything like you know learning how to get along with other people because honestly you didn't have a choice you you were you were the only one that looked like you. Um, so unless you just wanted to hang in the house by yourself and like, what kid wants to do that? No, you want to go outside yeah. and you make friends with whoever's out there and they're your friends and that's all they are to you. Yeah. Um, see, I didn't have that kind of diversity or culture in my life or even like home life. Like I remember coming home from school and I've told this story on this show, but like in having ice cube tape cut up, waiting for me on the kitchen table because my mom went up to my room and like found two wrap tapes and cut those and then cut a megadeth tape at the same time so i've always listened to so quite a bit of different music but yeah right on the tape table just cut up so what's funny about that is uh is my pop my dad he was wildly racist um and but the first rap album i ever had and i don't know if he understood what he was buying but he um he let me get public enemy fear of a black planet um and i think he might have thought that was like a literal thing um i don't know that he knew what it was he didn't um, know what chuck d was all about yeah so that was like my first rap album but it was funny too because his musical taste was diverse like that like he listened to like grand funk railroad led zeppelin but also like rick james um and then after he bounced like i said you know i mostly i listened to rap and stuff like that and then as I got a little older, I went to college and I started branching out and meeting new people. I got into different type of music and then I got into really got into like rock and stuff. But like, yeah, I've always loved music because there's something about finding music that's new to you. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's not new, you know, like just over the last probably what? 10 years, like when I first discovered, I discovered <laughs> Nina Simone. And I was like, oh, my God, why haven't I listened to this before? Blind Willie Johnson. And I like that uh, you did add you discovered him, though, because I mentioned yeah. how much you've helped a lot of people out. I, 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 I music's a great it's a beautiful thing because it can reach across all types of racial economic classes because there's songs out there that just speak to you. They can speak to your soul that every, you know, just situations that someone, everyone goes through, you know, like you can't listen to an Otis Redding song, um, uh, you know, like miss your water and, and not feel that, you know, like if you, if you've lost uh, someone you love, like, you know, if they've left you, you, you feel that, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's the beautiful thing of beautiful thing about music is, is that it just cuts across everything. Um, you know, and like even stuff like the rate, like I like hard stuff too. I love like Slipknot and things like that and Chevelle and old Metallica because, you know, that puts you in a place where you're just like, I need to release this angst, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, the dynasty trades HQ are theme songs from Deftones. Yep. Um, it was just another band I love tool, but I couldn't imagine just liking one or two musical 
genres or even like i don't know like i can't even listen to one type of music a day like you know when i was younger i i make this real old for kids mixtapes um and then after that you know mix cds and i would try my hardest just to make them like one genre you know what i mean i'd be like oh well this is just going to be my indie rock so you know i'd start off with like breaking benjamin acoustic but by the end of the cd somehow i have maxwell unplugged on it and to me it all made sense how i got there you know yeah, like it's perfect smooth flow right. that you created right James like if, mix you look at a and you look at z and you're like those don't go together but when you go through abcd and you're like oh, yeah, i see how you get there and so yeah I love that dude. Mixtapes were so huge. And, uh, even, and that's kind of another reason we wanted to do this too, is kind of how you said, like music just kind of does different things, but it still has found like a way like Scott Fishbowl to bring you together in so many different ways and just kind of how you feel something different. <laughs> and, and then it's, it's interesting too. Like you mentioned the music and like the the heavy stuff to get some angst out like literally two days ago i started my day with CeeLo green and then today i started my day with lamb of god yeah. and um that's just me dude and it was and it and and yeah i didn't end my day with lamb of god but that's how it started um and that's what's so freaking awesome about it and i think there's so i think it's unfortunate there's still people out there that are unwilling to branch out a little bit and just kind of listen to different stuff and feel it like you said and and um and and sometimes it, it can hurt a little bit and I, i've noticed like there have been songs in my life that have been ruined for whatever reasons yeah man that, that's the worst is when there's a song you absolutely love and then it becomes attached to something that's just trauma traumatic and you're like wow i actually lost that song like <laughs> i've had i've had you know relationships end where i was more sad about this losing the song than the relationship because i associated right. that so song who gets that the person. song who gets the song but, uh, it's always me though because i'm the one that found all the music so screw them um but you know even when i was making fun of country um and that's just, you know, my musical taste. But the one thing, like, I used to make fun of, like, people that liked Kesha. And then, you know, one day it hit me, as, as it does when you get older. You're like, who fucking cares? Like, if you enjoy something, it doesn't bother. So it doesn't hurt someone. Who cares what you enjoy? You know what I mean? And then, so now I got Kesha. She's on my, uh, I got a, you know, a fun, upbeat mix that I like to listen to on Fridays on the way home. I got a little Redbone, uh, Kesha, some Beyonce, whatever. You know, just shit that just. I, I, what do the kids say now? They say slamming, clapping. I don't know, whatever they say, but it's just music that makes you happy. Like, you know, because that's that's a pretty cool thing that you can just listen to something and it just change your whole mood. Could be like a whole segment for you, you should bring that up on Dynasty Trades HQ, like a segment. What do the kids say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. We'll, we'll never get it right because between the three of us, I think we're 156 years old. <laughs> and and even once you figure out what they say you're kind of like so is that kind of the same as cool or awesome or rad when we were kids or i just still say dope yep so do you use did you have a ghetto blaster um <laughs> no um i did not um man yeah and also i didn't you know it sucks is i didn't drive until i was a little bit older um for a multitude of reasons um whatever some anxiety issues some being poor whatever um but the one thing i i wish i did have a car when i was younger because um 
in my neighborhood, I'm sure a bunch of neighborhoods, they had it where everyone had the six by nines in the back of their car. Oh, and, uh, yeah. It was just a competition to see who could get the loudest <sighs> speakers. And like, you know, you would hear a car coming from like four blocks away. Your windows are rattling. And, uh, I, you know, at the time, uh, I remember thinking how cool those guys were. Um, and I kind of still do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The back then, like we didn't have cell phones and all that either. I mean, you might have had a pager or something, but you yeah. just kind of pull up to somebody's house and turn your stereo up, and you yep. have to, then you just go out and get in the car. That's how cool we were. Yeah, we were the best. <laughs> <laughs> now I hear somebody doing that kind of crap, and I'm like, "What in the hell? Like, like I'm gonna go out there. Like, is there is there any need to have music that loud? Come on, sir, please turn down that bass. No, man, I like I, it. Still catches my eye, like when people when I I hear a car like that because you don't there's not cars like that anymore, at least maybe because I live in like a more, and it's not the suburbs, but it's a more Northeastern part of the city. Maybe that's why, but like every once in a while when I, you know, I pull up to someone and they got their, their car uh, speakers just blaring like good speakers, not the shitty speakers. I'm just, I just kind of look at them and give them a nod. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. Hell I see yeah. a young Hell man. Yeah. Like that's what we used to do. Except, you know, <laughs> not me. Cause I was too poor, but I remember driving around, you know, being in your friend's cars, like, you felt like, like the shit you know what i mean like everybody's heads would just turn and look at the car from like eight miles yeah. away because that's all they could see and hear you're like a riding earthquake yeah uh, they heard it before crazy. they saw it like, yep absolutely do you remember the first concert <laughs> i have talked about this before but yeah my pop took me to a moody blues concert when i was I don't know, young, like, I don't know that like there's ever a good time to see moody blues. Um, but especially not as like a six year old. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know moody blues was like this psychedelic rock band from the sixties and seventies. Um, so yeah, it was just like, I don't even know how I ended up going. But it I went was with like my dad choosing between you leaving home alone or taking you to moody yeah. blues. <laughs> and, uh, everyone was just stoned and yet you know, I didn't realize it at the time. I just knew everyone was acting funny and I didn't know why. And yeah, everybody was just tripping and there's lots of funny smells in the air and I didn't understand. And the music was weird and I didn't understand why my dad was just swaying back and forth for like two hours. <laughs> Wow. What, yeah. What about the first ticket you obtained on your own? I I don't even remember. I because I, I I did see. I went through a stretch where I went to a ton of live music. Um, we have I forget what's the Electric Factory down here in Philly. I don't even know if it's still here. Come to think of it, and I saw. I remember seeing Jet who I don't know if you remember, but like right before they blew up, I saw Jet and the Hives and a couple other guys there. Um, and then, you know, we also had the festivals, which I, I don't know, mm -hmm. I guess they still do, but they used to do them for radio stations. And we had the alternative rock station and I went to that festival. Um, I got to see Audio Slave before live, who Chris Cornell was absolutely amazing. Um, Radiohead once. Um been to a few, not a ton of concerts, not as many as I'd like, um, because honestly, a lot of the music I like, unfortunately, a lot of people in my life weren't into. Like, I'd be like, guys, David Gray's going to be like in Washington. You want to go see him? And everybody's like, what? And no. you didn't have a car. Yeah. So I mean, well, even as an adult, though, like, you know, David Gray isn't like a thing that a bunch of dudes are going to go rock out to usually. Um I would have, and you know, but unfortunately I just didn't have a lot of friends that like the same type of music as me, um, such as life. 
now, you know, now I'm at an age where I'm just like, I don't give a shit. If anyone comes to town that I like, I'm going to see them by myself if I have to. I don't care if that makes me a loser or not. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I'm fine going to any concert or listening to any music and don't care really who hears it, to be honest with you. Yeah. As long as it's me. So 107 in the Scott Fish Bowl. Yeah. And and, and you decided I, I'm looking at your team right now. Have you enjoyed the draft? Yeah, I love it. Look, how could you not so love being in the Scott Fish Bowl? Yeah. Like, I, you know, people complain about how slow their draft is. I'm like, dude, savor this. Like, you're in like, you know, first of all, you're in an invite only league, you know? Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool, right? Like, it's for charity, which is really awesome. You're part of this community. You know, like, I, I've just even every year and this year included, I just meet a bunch of new people, you know, like every mm-hmm. year. You know, and sometimes, you know, you might be in a, a room or a chat with a more famous people. And maybe they don't talk, um, whatever. But, you know, other times you're in a room with big name people and they do talk, you know, and it's just cool because you get to meet new people. You know, yeah. some of them are some of them you keep talking to for a while. Some of them fall off after the draft or whatever. But that's fine. Yeah. How can you not enjoy this? I mean, no, we're doing fantasy you. football in probably the coolest redraft league that's ever existed that goes to a good cause. And, you know, I'm typically a pretty miserable person, but it's hard to be miserable um, around this event because all you want to do is good, you know, and that's, you know, I jump in, I chat with uh, Bethany Peters, uh, L Peters. She's one of my league mates and she shared um, something she's passionate about. She sponsors children across the world. Um, to help them get, uh, you know, water, which is pretty important, well, but you know, yeah. places like Ghana and whatever. So she shared that the other day and I'm like, I have 40 bucks a month. That's a lot of money, but really, is it like, I can do this. And then, you know, so I sign up for it. I'm like, well, that's pretty awesome. Cause I wouldn't have done that if I never met her, if I never was in the Scott fish bowl, you yeah. know, um, just tons of charities like that. Just tons of relationships you make. Um, I'm terrible at networking. I wish I was better. Um, Seriously, I, I think you're pretty good. At, you're way better at it than I am. Man. I'll say I, I'm good at networking. You know, like I'm good at meeting people. I'm not good at networking in a way to advance myself, um, which I've never been particularly good at. I wish I was better at that because you know, if that's your goal, and, and that's not a shot at anyone, but if that's your goal, is like you also want to advance in this industry. It's hard, you know, these are some of these people that you get to talk to in your chats, you would have never gotten the chance to talk to on a normal under normal circumstances. So you're right then and there, you know, just in a a selfish way, you have the ability to network, network with people that you might not normally have. Everything about it's awesome, really. Absolutely. Except Um, for the kickers. Yeah, exactly. And and when it comes down to it, like you can't even really name who won last year who was in the playoffs last year but you end up remembering like those connections you're talking about and that's kind of what this is all about and the charity and like you mentioned dude it this is unfortunately i mean it's fortunate it inspires us but unfortunately you notice it more this time of year everybody's in a better mood everybody's doing good things for each other and and helping people they don't even know quite honestly yeah. Yeah. so it, it's good to i don't know it, it's good to see but i wish that some of it stuck a little bit more year round. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of, the, you know, look, and I, I've told this story before on multiple co- podcasts, but like I loved the Toys for Tots because there was multiple Christmases where the only presents I got were because of Toys for Tots. And 
I appreciate it more now as an adult than I did as a kid. Um, and I appreciated it as a kid as much as you could, but, you know, looking back now, I'm like, well, that's really cool. And it would be yeah. nice if, if, you know, we could hold that sentiment the entire year. Um, it's hard being nice all the time. You know, that's why people like Scott Fisher so rare. Cause you know, just all the time you're like, wow, this, this guy's a general, genuinely nice human being. Um, I know for me, it's, it's sometimes I have to consciously make sure that I'm a good person. Um, because it's really easy for me to slip into other things. Um, so, and you know, that's why you can have a bad day and still be a good person though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, I, the, just this this whole season helps you remember, like, all right, you know, there's a bigger world than me. There's a bigger world than just, you know, my $10 is probably not that great by itself, but pulled with all these other people. All adds up. It is. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, and I know this isn't why we do it, but it also helps, like, some of the people that have, like, negative feelings towards the fantasy industry to see that, like, we can come together and help other people out like this with something that we do for fun as a hobby is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. Um, you just look at all the stuff that people do in this space. Like, yeah, the mental health potathon um, is this weekend, right? The yep. potathon was the SFB potathon was last weekend. Um, I, I'm myself and I couldn't name them all, but I'm in like 10 or 11 different charity bowls. Um, you know, I mean, one of yours, Corey Davis giveaway one, whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, we need to get that filled. Yep. Anyone can get. Oh well, then send that to me so I can tweet that's, it out. That's but. the easiest freaking league to get in. I I, I don't understand. Ten dollars or more, charity of choice. Show me that you paid anything. I mean, I'll, I'll probably just believe you at this point if you tell me you did, <laughs> and and you're in. Like so. you're in. Okay, so I'm 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 less trusting than you because every giveaway, no, that I, we, yeah, yeah, every giveaway we've ever done um, around Scott Fish stuff um, has been based around a donation. So, like you know, when Scott gave us um, a spot to give away this year and a spot to give away last year, we said, well, we could tie it to a five star rating, but I was like, I don't. I, I don't think we should do that. Like, you know, Mike and Jeremy were saying, they're like, well, why don't we try to do good with it? And then just, you know, ask everyone to donate money, send us a mm -hmm. screenshot of it. You'll be entered into a raffle. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did both years. And then even for the SFB Potathon this year, you know, I didn't know what to give away. I'm not real good at this stuff coming up with ideas. So I said, oh, how about this? We'll just give away a free patron membership, lifetime membership um, to our patron group, the crew. Um, and all you have to do to enter is send a screenshot showing proof that you donated to something. Um, nice. It, yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, it, the cost, it's probably going to even out based off what some of these people have given. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, they mm -hmm. probably could have paid less just joining the patron, but it's even for them, it's not about that. It's like, I did, right. I'm doing a good thing. And you know, if I get rewarded for it, awesome. If I don't, I still did a good thing. Yeah. And, and it's charity of choice. It's something yeah. that means something to them. And then you're just like, awesome. Yeah. You know, like, and it's good to see some of the things that people donate to, too. It makes you think differently sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely. Like um, St. <laughs> Jude's was one that I saw a bunch of last year. Esophageal cancer. Uh, one of my league mate, division mates in uh, SFB, uh, Nick, 
uh, his father passed away from cancer and he shared, you know, like, Hey, you know, my family is in lieu of flowers. If you want to donate to this charity, we donated, you know, a couple of us donated to that charity. And again, and it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, well, I might not be able to give time, you know what I mean? So at least let me give what I can give right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, $10 isn't a lot. $20 isn't a lot by itself. $30 isn't a lot by itself. But when you remember, okay, well, it's not just me. There's other people that are given to us that, that awesome. I mean, that's the whole point of charity. Right. Like money, money is an important thing. Um, it is awesome. Volunteering is awesome. Uh, I've done that in the past, um, you know, like fed the homeless and things like that. And that's, that's an awesome endeavor, but money's really helpful because they need actual operational budgets and they need to be able to give people money or housing or whatever it is that they're giving them. Um, so yeah, I mean, but honestly, volunteering or money, whatever you can give is just awesome. And then, yeah, your, yours, we'll we'll get that filled. I mean, there's that, there's the warrior, warrior bowl. There's the FF down under any, anyone can get it. Um, I don't know. I'm in a, it's funny every year. I'm like, I'm probably going to cut back next year. And then I look and I'm like, wait, I'm in more charity leagues this year than I am, than I was last year. And it's fine. It's charity leagues are kind of what helped me not join dynasty leagues, to be honest with you though. Yeah. No, that, I mean, look, it's 10, 20 bucks, whatever, usually 10 to 30 bucks, depending on the league, whatever, like you said, donate to it something you care about. Some of them are specific to another charity. It's not Mm -hmm. often that it's like a charity and you're like, Oh, well screw that charity. I mean, most of the charities are good. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, man, it's, it's, it's definitely cheaper than joining a $75 dynasty league every year. Right. And, and having that commitment too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even like you said about like, it's about money, it's about being able to help out. And sometimes, I mean, maybe you don't have that money and sometimes it's just about like, spreading the word grabbing the tweet retweeting it maybe you maybe you can't donate maybe you're don't want to be in another league still just kind of spread that word and push people in the right direction yeah definitely we can help a lot of people out yeah and you know it's funny like retweeting retweeting works i mean the bigger if you have a big platform you know and someone retweets something and you didn't know it was out there and you say it yeah definitely do that because you can't give to every charity i mean that's obvious right as much as you want to um unless you're a philanthropist and i I don't know that any of us are um you know there's limits to what we can do we can't join 340 charity leagues and be like, Oh, that's all right. I'm going to take a foul poverty. Um, you know, unfortunately right. we used to got right. kids and wives, their ex-wives or whatever we have to pay for bills, etc. Um, but yeah, if you can at least retweet, um, and I shouldn't say at least you, if you can retweet, um, share it on Facebook, just help get it out there. Cause you know, I think about it, like I have almost 8,000 followers. So maybe there's a chance that if I'm in a charity bowl, that's hosted by someone that has 400 followers, well, maybe I can, you know, I can amplify their message and get it out to everyone that follows me at least. Yep. Love it. Shane, I've got to get you out of here. I'm going to get in big trouble with my yeah. types and the dynasty madman just, Tell them to come on if they want to come talk about some music with me for crying out loud. I've been asking Jeremy. He's a tough guy to get with lately. Yeah, man. Tell me about it. (laughs) So, But I do want to say you've got three tight ends on that Scott Fishbowl team. Yeah. Darren Waller with your 107. And then you made up for it with TJ Hawkinson at 407. And then 906 added Robert Tanyan, which I love that late tight end there. 
Yeah, I was a little so TJ Hawkinson. I'm especially bullish on. I've been on a little spree talking about him the last week. I think he's going to see 130 targets in Detroit this year. If he doesn't, I, I will be absolutely shocked. One because he's extremely talented and he's the most talented pass catcher on that team. Yep. Wide receivers are especially bad, and Jared Goff loves him some tight ends. Um, Darren Waller, he's a guy that took me a little bit longer than it should have to come around on. The guys, you know, it's second most targets in the league last year at the tight end position. Um, he's going to have games where he sees 10 to 15 targets. Derek Carr loves the tight end. He's loved him yep. since Jared Cook, and he's continued to love him um, uh, with Darren Waller there. And then, yeah, Robert Tanyan, I mean, in the ninth round, the guy was a uh, like tight end eight last year. I'm not really sure what's going on. I guess people are scared it was he was a one-year wonder. Maybe they're still Everybody's scared. afraid of Aaron Rodgers, dude. Yeah, don't be. He, he, he didn't opt out. Like, get over it. Yeah, um, I'm with you. And we didn't. We knew he didn't opt out for like four days now, like a full week. Like, you should have drafted Tanya, guys. But whatever, let him fall to me. That's fine. I'm happy with it. Yeah, love it. I see that you are you're stuck in like what the tenth or eleventh round, waiting for your eleventh pick. Yeah. Did, yeah, we have a couple. Are you going to tell us your target there before we get out of here, or, oh, or are these guys going to snipe you? I. Nah, these these guys aren't gonna snipe me because I think who's even on the board is uh one of my uh one of my uh European division mates. We've got a couple euros in here, which probably helps extend the draft. But again, like I'm fine with it. Um we're we're going at a decent pace. Um geez, let's see who's still on the board. I mean, at some point I'm gonna have to draft another running back because you have to start two of them, I guess. But Evan Ingram in the eleventh round. Oh wow! You only you do only have one running back. Yeah, yeah. I know you have to start two, but I keep looking at every. What happens is every time I come up, I'm like, mm, I think I like this guy better. I mean, looking at the running backs, it's really not great anymore. I've got like Melvin Gordon, Fournette, uh, David Johnson. So at this point, I mean, like I'm in a range where I'm just going to probably draft running backs with my last four or five. How do you picks. feel about AJ Dillon? I like AJ Dillon um, in Dynasty. <laughs> not, um, not this year. Get some no, there. I I think he could see a Jamal Williams like role, which you know that's not bad for your flex spot, your last flex spot. Um, or on a team with no running backs, it, it might be your RB. Yeah, this is what I was about to say. Or on my team, it'll be my RB two. Um, <laughs> that's okay. My tight ends are going to make up for it. Yeah, he, he's a guy I like though. You will be flexing some tight ends, won't you? Uh, I mean, you can tell all three of my tight ends are starting every week except the bye. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Tell everybody who you are, where you're at. I did an awful job introducing you, but we talked about Dynasty Trades HQ a few times. Yeah, I'm uh, at Shane is the worst. Um, Dynasty Trades HQ podcast every week for the last, I don't even know, kabillion years uh do dynasty intervention on tuesday nights and then me and scott connor do manic and chill uh just about every two weeks for youtube um dlf and then i write for dlf so if you read anything i write feel free to comment i like talking to people um same twitter i guess too yeah tweet at me cool songs tweet out your spotify songs that you like because you know it's awesome finding songs like that love it and i am at swagzilla zero g and this is at superflex city and we are out Oot.